0: Hello and welcome to What About The Music, a podcast brought to you by So Stereo. Today's guest is Ola Sars. Ola Sars is the founder, CEO and chairman of Soundtrack Your Brand, the world's fastest growing music platform for businesses. Soundtrack's clients include McDonald's, Lululemon, J.Crew, Uniglow, Joe and the Juice, Aesop, W Hotels, among other iconic brands. A serial entrepreneur active in the music tech space, he was previously the co-founder and COO of Beats Music, acquired by Apple and transformed into Apple Music, as well as the co-founder of PaceMaker, the world's first DJ-driven music platform. So let's get into this week's podcast with your host, Beto Azut. Hey Ola, how are you? I'm good, how are you man? Pretty good, pretty good. Good to have you on. Thanks for the time. Thank you for having me Beto, always a pleasure. It's a pleasure to talk music with you. Um, you know, we'd love to learn more about your background. You're originally from from Sweden. How did you get started? What led you to kind of like pursue uh, a path in music?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I consider myself somewhat of a senior citizen in the space, in the digital space. It's more than 12 years now since I made the move from a previous career into music. And uh, the short story is it's uh, both sides of the brain was working. I mean, music was my passion and um, one of the, you know, one of the really, really core things in my life. And then uh, obviously at that point, there was also a rational part viewing the music market uh, in terms of it digitizing from production to distribution to consumption at the same time, meaning that things would change, right? A big tectonic shift was about to occur in the music industry. So I made a, le- you know, a leap of faith, started my first music startup, which was called Tonium Pacemaker. And here I am, four startups later, still doing the same thing, basically trying to uh, provide consumers and businesses with the right music in the right place
0: at the right time. Obviously, everything you're doing with Soundtrack Your Brand is very important and it goes very well with the mission that we have here in our podcast, which is to make music more important in the world of advertising, in the world of business. Uh, Music is a powerful tool. So, you know, what led you to start Soundtrack Your Brand? What kind of problems were you seeing in the market? Talk to me about what you've seen so far uh, as to why brands haven't leveraged music so far as they should. I've done
1: uh, startups in the in the consumer space previously on the consumer DSP side, um, Beats Music and then Apple Music. And then I learned about, you know, how important music is for consumers uh, and how extremely um, big it is. I mean, in the whole world, everyone listens to music. There's very few people don't engage with music. So there's this amazing opportunity in terms of usage and usage is only growing in the world but the music industry is really bad at monetizing usage so like Goldman Sachs said the other day when they dropped their their predictions on the next upcoming 10 years which they do every year um, they they very clearly stated music is just growing uh, even faster than we expected every year. Uh, consumption is is growing, but it's completely under-monetized and inefficient. So it drove me to enter this market based on exactly that, that there's a dysfunctional market and there's massive opportunity to improve monetization, both in the consumer markets and in the B2B market. So the last two startups I've been doing and are currently are doing is in the B2B space, meaning exactly what you guys Uh, or talking about and what you work with, you know, for brands and businesses. So I started Spotify business together with Spotify, which is nothing more complicated than taking the music streaming revolution into the branded space and into the background music market as an initial effort. And then I pivoted out from from Spotify uh, into becoming 100% independent, rolling out soundtrack as the world leading streaming service for business. So answering your question, I think there's this very clear opportunity in the brand markets or the B2B market or the advertising market or the retail markets to improve monetization. Once again, back to Goldman Sachs general thesis, because it's completely under monetized. If it's under monetized in the consumer space, it's not even close to as under monetized as it is in the B2B space. It's absolutely broken. It's terrible both in the background music space and in the sync space where you are. So massive opportunity.
0: Yeah, I mean, the concept of a restaurant owner or a bathing suit store and the concept of so many of these small businesses getting their personal Spotify accounts to stream music for, for their shop, right? That's that's illegal. And a lot of people are unaware of that. And not only that, but if you leverage a company like your Brand, right? You can not only... Gain legal access to an amazing repertoire, right? Of upwards of 50 million tracks or even more that are on Spotify, right? But you gain things like Sonic Identity and Sonic Palette for your brand, right? So, like, it's incredible the lack of awareness, right? That you see in the world with the concept of of music because music plays into the emotion. And when you enter a store and you listen to a song you like, well, that song might be responsible for you wanting to maybe buy an item because you feel better about yourself, right? So music directly contributes to a transaction, maybe. Oh, no, it's
1: not, it's not even maybe. The, the thesis that both you and I are working with, um, trying to unlock value in the B2B markets for the creators, and they deserve to get paid for their art. So uh, the thesis with Soundtrack, is exactly what you're saying is if you play the right music at the right place at the right time, uh, it will drive your business. And we have multiple research efforts that prove so. We've been together, working together with the world's biggest hamburger chain out of Chicago, which everyone knows what it is. And we did the world's biggest field experiment with applying our model uh, through the retail network. And it drove sales by statistically proven 9%. So if the music is great, people will stay for a milkshake. If the music is great in a restaurant, they'll stay for another drink in the bar rather than walk to the bar next door. If the music gets terrible in your cafe in Miami, people will walk out. They're not going to stay in line. It's as simple as that. So my job is to unlock the value exchange in between the music creators and the brands in an equally beneficial manner, meaning that providing, you know, it's not like the entrepreneur using a Spotify account illicitly, which is, or an Apple account illicitly or an Amazon account illicitly, really knows about it because there hasn't been a streaming service out there for them. So we're, we're just fixing the problem of supplying them with, and they're happy, there's no ill will of doing it. If we provide them with the great product, they'll actually pay for it because they know sustainability counts. They, they know that artists also need to make a living it's just a market who's been terrible in and informing and, and kind of providing it. So we need to fix that. And, and if we fix just the simple background music market, uh, we can add another 40 to $50 billion on top of the estimates that Goldman Sachs are giving us for the streaming market moving forward. It's a significant, meaningful, incremental revenue stream for the music industry, and it's low-hanging fruit. And the only thing they need to do is help us inform the market that you need a business-grade service to use it in your business.
0: Yeah. I mean, what we see in the the sync world, providing music for video content, and I'm sure you see this too, but music is an afterthought. Uh, it's something that they just they just play and, and they forget about it after. When it comes to going to all of these clients, what's the initial reaction that you see when you present Soundtrack, your brand?
1: Well, the, the good news for me is, and, pr- and for you guys as well, that we're not inventing a behavior, right? We're not inventing a market. The background music market has been here since the 20s, the sync market as well. The new kind of approach is that we go to the market of bars, restaurants, hotels, retail, whatnot. 96% of them already play music. And four out of five claim that music is very important for their customer experience. So I don't have to sell anyone on the fact that music is important for the ambiance or for the restaurant experience. That's already bought in 100%. So that's the first comment. The second one is if I own three steakhouses in Miami, I'm a successful entrepreneur. I have no idea where to start. It's so damn complex. So what we're trying to do is provide a one-stop shop service, right? Covering both the master uh, side of actually getting a music service, a streaming service that's that's legally licensed for them, uh, and then we're also including the performance rights that represent ASCAP, uh, BMI, GMR. So we also cover that in one bill. So they buy soundtrack, and we solve all the anxiety of doing the right thing because they do want to do the right thing. I mean. It's 50 bucks a month. That's not a lot of money for a you know, steakhouse entrepreneur to get the best catalog of the best artists in the world in the restaurant. Then, obviously, once we figure out how to explain to them that they can't be using a consumer service, like nobody opens a cinema on a Netflix account, right? That's not, how Hollywood just didn't allow that to happen. And if you look at the sports market, it's not like the sports bars are using their own private accounts to show the, you know, The NFL, the NBA, or the Premier League in Europe, it's all regulated and it's all functional. So the music industry shouldn't be any less professional in terms of extracting value,
0: right? Why do you think that the music industry is a little bit behind always? Like you see other industries and they consistently are ahead of the curve. Uh, But then you, you talk about the music industry. Why is the music industry so behind in all of these efforts with digital with new technology emerging it's always the music industry trying to play catch up right so why why do you see that that's that's
1: a big question i mean just trying to answer it in a somewhat pragmatic way it's it's a very big industry and there's many stakeholders in the value chain and uh, there's a lot of people that have to conform to new rule sets if anything is changed right you know there's also a lot of resistance Because historically, the music industry has been anything but transparent. It's been completely non-transparent and it has gained certain individuals. And those individuals have been not wanting it to become transparent, been fighting with everything they got against technology and transparency. But usually technology wins and transparency wins. So now I think the streaming value chain, which means that we track everything that's being played. We track where it's being played. We track updated metadata, who owns it on the publishing side or on the mechanical side. All of that stuff has now been established as industry standards. So transparency is industry standard as of today. No one can really fight it anymore. And that just happened by the way, that that's like a three, four, five years ago. When that happens, then I think we're in a good spot to actually progress with the next step of the industry and the people trying to fight transparency have lost. So I think that is one of one of the major drivers that there has been people who who are against progression.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's been so many cases where advertising agencies, brands, they're trying to license a song for their video content. They're trying to work with an artist. And a lot of times you can't track down who all the writers of the song are. Just because the information is not out there, even though you do the, all the due diligence, you go to the PROs, you, you, you do all the work, and for some reason, the information there is incomplete. Uh, all of a sudden, ASCAP only has forty percent of the work, and then BMI only has twenty percent of the work, and then you know w- where did the other forty percent go? Uh, and it's hard to know. And so there's a lot of situations where that happens, where uh, someone that wants to engage with a certain artist or a certain song hits a wall because they don't know who are all the stakeholders. And so they have to like call and it takes time and it's, it's all this, this process. But I think eventually we're heading in the right direction. And as you said, the current market is is forcing all the players to be transparent uh, in terms of, of maintaining the data and and the rights and, and keeping it up to date and, and having that information public so that creators uh, have an easier way to, to connect and work with artists right yeah and i think the
1: good news about what i'm doing is that it's incremental the meaning that it's it's extra money for everyone if you ask an artist like how much money are you making from background music i can bet you a dinner and a drink and another dinner that they have no clue and they've never received anything on any royalty statement ever so on the performance side they have from from the societies if they're lucky but on the performance side, there's no data. If, if the performance rights are being collected by the societies in the US, there's four of them, uh, and there, there's one in, or two in every market in Europe, they have no data to base, they're collecting performance rights fees, and then they have no data to redistribute it that's close to reality. It's crazy. Like they're using analogies like what's being played on radio and TV, it has nothing to do with what the cool bar down in Miami is playing. There's no connection to reality, which is absolutely insane. And then on the other hand, on the mechanical side, or on the master side, or on the music service side, if you may, they're getting paid maybe if they're lucky, from, but they're getting paid for, you know, six to 10x too little because it's being paid from consumer service that's being used illicitly. So like... I'm just telling people, look, if you want music in your business, which you want, and you want a great service, you got to pay for it. And it's 50 bucks. And if you don't want music, like that's fine, then don't use it. So I think the, the beauty here is that no one's really challenging me on the fact that it's worth 50 bucks to have great music. No one's really challenged me on the fact that it's, it's the right thing to, to do to pay the right licenses for the artist to get paid. And I'm actually the only one collecting real-time data, being able to report and reconcile according to what's being played in the background music, which which should be industry standard. We should accept nothing else. And so I think I just got to keep fighting the fact because, um, you know, the fight that background music as well should be properly reimbursed royalty should be properly correctly redistributed and no one can really challenge me on that it's not going to happen overnight but it's meaningful and it should happen
0: yeah it's a good fight you know it's worth it because at the end of the day artists benefit uh we we go through that the same way and the concept of a stock library right where an entity owns a specific amount of catalog. And it's just stock music, and people are used to getting away with the fact that they can pay a hundred dollars or fifty dollars to put a song on a, an advertising spot and on a TV spot or an online spot. But that's stock music. But they sometimes confuse that with everything, and so they're used to getting away with that. And so uh, we're also raising the value of music and raising that bar. I mean, we're fighting that race to zero. We believe that there is a race to zero. You know, a lot of companies are are willing to just give away music for free just to get the placement, just to get what, you know, the spot on. So uh, that's, that's very important. And, and what you said at the beginning, like you, you were saying artists are like, if you ask them, you know, what's your royalty statement look like, how much money are you getting from music played in restaurants and bars, or they don't know that. And a lot of times, even if they know it's, it's hard for them to collect uh, they don't have the necessary information. It's it's all over the place. Uh, a lot of times, even when we place one of their music uh, in an online spot uh, in in TV, it's it's a mission for them to collect uh, the royalties. A long mission sometimes. So, uh, but all these efforts that 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 we're seeing uh, are definitely gonna gonna help for sure. Question for you all: What advice would you give talent kind of like businesses, brands? uh as how best to you know approach music right uh, their strategy right what advice would you give them in terms of surrounding with the right tools and and just the mindset the approach of of how best to approach music strategy for their business to be successful like what what, what would you say there yeah so good question so here's here's how i view it
1: and i think this goes for both of us and kind of if we if we're kind of two of the you know, the people trying to fight the fight to extract more value in the business markets, which is a huge opportunity for everyone. I think uh, the first thing that I would give as advice to, if you're a small, medium-sized, or if you're an enterprise big brand is, A, you need to get your brand platform in place first. Just as your brand team or as the brand platform is a central component for any business in the world that's trying to build a brand. I mean, if you got one cafe in Arizona, or if you got ten thousand restaurants in a chain, it starts with what's our brand about, and what type of customer experience are we trying to deliver, and they do that work in the marketing teams or in the brand teams. But then all of a sudden, when it comes to audio and music, they're clueless. Sometimes they're like, they they need to add the audio dimension or the audio interpretation and translation of the brand platform onto that because audio is a huge untapped channel. That means that if you have a brand platform, then you should probably have a music interpretation of that in terms of maybe a sample of 20 to 30 tracks that live over time. And we help brands do that through our technology. So you could basically translate a, a brand positioning statement into a music DNA on the soundtrack platform. I'm not saying you have to use our platform. You could do it manually with curators or whatnot, but you need to figure out what's the sound of my brand? What's the soundtrack of my brand? So that's the first step. Then obviously you need to think about, okay, how do I deploy this in a scalable way in all my customer touch points over time? So that's obviously, A, you need to find a way to augment and update That experience. So, you can't be playing 30 tracks around the world for for a year, right? You need to constantly update and deliver a dynamic experience in terms of music. So, let's just say Joan the Juice, for example, they have around a thousand juice bars around the world, Danish company. Music is the center of their DNA. They have a really good brand DNA and a really good a music DNA interpretation of that. And they deploy different types of musical experience in real time, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And it sounds different in Chicago during lunch than it does in Stockholm during lunch. It actually sounds different on a Thursday afternoon in in one part of Stockholm versus not, but it's on brand. So you need to think about the scalable way of distributing that relevant experience consistently over time in all markets in order to deliver the most contextually relevant brand experience at that specific point in time. So it's A, configure the strategy, the platform of music and audio. B, deploy that platform through a tactical execution model that works worldwide. And then C, you need to follow up and see uh, how are the customers how is staff experiencing this is it good how is it affecting our sales actually how's it affecting the customer experience so those three steps is obviously if you're doing something you might as well do it properly that's my point point. and sometimes music is like hey the people are buying toilet paper they can go buy background music from some legacy provider and pay 15 bucks that's uh, absolutely insane that they would let music be outside of the core experience of a brand.
0: The last part of that you said, like to touch base on that, because a lot of times brands, they set up KPIs to see if something is working or not and they adjust and they have a strategy. They lay out some touch points and based on how they perform, they sort of adjust. But with music, you can also do that. And a lot of times, again, people just, oh, it's just music. Um, it's fine. Uh, we'll just put whatever and it'll work. But you can play with different artists with different styles with different sounds and and you can you can sort of adjust your strategy from that point it's not only about the other parts of of marketing right it's music also plays a role
1: it's an important role and another very important thing is that like let's just take the joe and the juice example again they deliver an updated menu right with different types of juices and they update they train their staff they work on the interior they invest millions and millions and all of that but that's really slow moving experiential adjustments. It d- takes some time to get a new shake out there because you got to supply. But music, the alternative cost of, of, of changing and adopting it to the weather, to the preference going on, what's going on in Stockholm right now, what's going on in Miami, like it doesn't cost anything. You can update it and it's super effective. Our research says that a consumer in the US that walks in through a retail door. By the way, there's, I think there's around 20 billion store visits in the US every year. And every time a consumer walks into a store, 79 of the consumers that walk into that store actually recognize the music. It's not background music, it's foreground music. And 73% of those 79% who recognize the music, if they hear a track that they like, they will engage. They will search it on the Shazam. They will Google it. They will ask staff. So there's a massive discovery opportunity out there as well. So it's much bigger than any metaverse kind of yada, yada discussion. So it's out there in the real world. It's the universe, not the metaverse. So, so there's this massive opportunity out there. And the brand should take it seriously And because the consumers take it serious.
0: Yeah, and there's so many similarities between, you know, music for retail and for businesses than than music for video for advertising because I mean nowadays and I say this a lot but but it's important because a lot of times when you're watching a tv show uh or a piece of of content right you're watching it with your phone if you have the tv on you have your phone on and you're scrolling a lot of times and and a lot of times you're scrolling and then you have a piece of content on the tv and if and it's it's always auditory so whatever you hear is going to make you look up to the TV, right? If you like what you hear, you're going to look up and you're going to say, oh, and you're going to want to pay attention. So a lot of times is the auditory part. That's kind of like the, the sense that we get is when you listen to something you like, you're more likely to pay attention, right? And you're more likely to get that brand recall. And so a lot of times you can say, oh, I heard this song in this store and you can remember that because uh, it ingrains in your memory. And so, but a lot of times the way brands invest, they don't invest uh, in those areas. They invest more in other elements in production or other elements with other talent, right? And, and they don't focus on the music so much, especially when it's proved that it plays a bigger role.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just tell you a real world example. You're probably tired of hearing it because you probably hear it every day in your industry. But last night I was doing five episodes Um of a certain series on Netflix because of a track guess which track and guess which series right and the kids are loving it so I mean just just what one music and the music is is is, is such an amazing experience in that specific production and if, if Kate Bush and everything in that track went viral it does it made me watch the series again with my kids and they're now listening to the I mean look it's, it's just one very tangible example of how music and a production plays in. And if you do it properly, it, it just propels the synergy, right? But I can't believe that people aren't paying more attention. I mean, how many times do these examples have to come up for people to take it serious?
0: And so because of, of that Kate Bush song, maybe more businesses are going to want to include that in their repertoire, right? And so like, it, it really affects culture moving
1: forward dude my kids are 12 and 10 and they're all over the tracks that i was listening to when i was like growing up in the same era as stranger things if you're missing that point in any type of branding that you're doing the power of music and how it could augment like you can have a restaurant playing an amazing playlist and that could be like an experience that you carry with you i have a couple of tracks growing up in stockholm that are like ingrained in my head as the last track in that club that they always played or in that bar that we used to hang out on and stuff. This the soundtrack of my life connects to the music that I've been experiencing through, through the years. And when I go back to some of those restaurants that's alive, I reflect on that music.
0: I mean, it's, it's amazing. Something that I see also is a lot of times agencies and brands, whenever they have a big campaign for their TV broadcast stuff, uh, for their online paid media campaigns, they'll They'll add more resources to it because the reach is bigger. But a lot of times we see that for the organic content, they'll just, oh, it's just organic, whatever. It'll have it'll have one day of relevancy. It doesn't matter. So let me just put whatever song in there. Let me just put a song track. It doesn't matter. And that's the wrong approach, right? I'm not saying that every brand does this. There's a lot of brands that, that take it seriously, right? But that's something that I see, that unless the campaign is big, unless that there's a lot of expectation for it, you don't see the, the same effort with music. So that's something very important. Like every time you have an opportunity to make something unique with music, that's the beauty of it. That's, that's the beauty. And, and people listen to it. The consumer is very savvy these days and you're seeing everything with TikTok and how quick something can become viral. Uh, and people are expecting that quality. Uh, so people are, are, are smart and they can tell. They can tell if if a brand is lazy with with music.
1: Yeah, I mean we're we're, we're two guys with the same opinion, so there's really not going to be a lot of resistance in the room. But I think for the music industry, or people listening, if you're an artist or a creator, or if you're a brand, um, sometimes you're both. Uh, you're you're a creator on the side, and you go do your job. I th- I just think the the, the overall thinking and strategizing around music if you if you ask the simple question at at the at the brand that you're working do we have a music strategy like i think that's my last recommendation to everyone and if you're an artist you should ask your label if you have one or your publisher where's my money for for background music what are you doing to put my music into great brands like I, I, should be, I should be in the Louis Vuitton shop. I should be in the coolest cafe in, in Miami because you're not going to get into the playlists on Spotify's uh, you know, editorial department uh, because everyone's calling them for 20 years now. So you got to be more creative and there's a whole world out there of opportunities in the B2B space.
0: Every brand has a customer acquisition strategy. Every brand has a, has a marketing plan. They have a social media strategy. They have a PR plan. They have a lot of these things. And music should be a part of that. And I think that's the example. Obviously, you and me, there's not much resistance, as you said. Uh, but it's something that I've, I mean, I never get tired of, of pushing this forward because it's the right thing to do. And, and a lot of people benefit from it. I have a last thing I want to
1: say uh, on this one, on, like, on the fight for justice is, if you work for a big brand, like, or if you consume a big brand, always ask the staff, are you guys, what music service are you using? And if they say Spotify or something, tell them you can't do that. Like you're, you're, you're stealing, you're stealing royalties from the artist. And if you're a big brand that's buying music for under 20 bucks and listening to this, you're doing something wrong. And if you have any type of like sustainability, fancy words on a sustainability strategy online or, or, you know, compliance rule works that applies for music as well. Because it, this is just as important as when you're buying other things and sourcing. you need sustainable sourcing for music as well. It is you cannot buy background music for $15. Something is corrupt then. You need yep. to
0: ask the right questions. I love it. I love it. Definitely a lot of insightful information here and a lot of people will will get the point, which is the goal. that music is important. Um, just to end to, and then to wrap up, and I ask this this question all the time: What what type of music are you listening to these days? Uh, not not to put you on the spot, but what what kind of artists and songs are you into these days?
1: So today, um, I mean, as as a as an entrepreneur in space, you you know what the response is going to be. You're all over the place all the time. But today was actually um, was a hip hop day, or uh, reminisce day. So I was listening to a couple of DJ sets of DJ Premier uh from back in the days and uh i was enjoying it nicely there was some some really good gang star tunes in there there was some, some good 90s hip-hop sometimes you need that and uh tomorrow it might be something else
0: that's cool yeah for sure when you're fighting the good fight you need music to go with you and and every day is a different kind of vibe well thank you so much ola for the time uh i enjoyed this and uh I uh, hope to see you soon again.
1: We will. Thank you for, uh, for having me. And uh, let's keep fighting the fight, as you said. Let's do it. Thank you.